And, you know, I've said to him, oh, it would be so nice to go away. And he'll say to me, why don't you go away? My name's Courtney Elliott, and I bet you didn't expect to hear my voice today. So today I have the absolute pleasure of interviewing Kylie. Um, so a little on me. So my name's Courtney. I have my own podcast called Hey There Sunshine Podcast, and my own Instagram account at Hey There Sunshine Pod, where I share a lot of my own experiences around mental health body image, parenting, all those sorts of things. And I have followed and listened to Kylie's podcast for a long, long time now, so since the boys were about two or three. So Kylie and I have been chatting away and Kylie invited me to interview her. So Kylie, I'm so excited to be here. Thanks for having me. Thank you for accepting my invitation. I was just sitting here thinking it's so funny. So many people use the boy's age as like a marker, like their entry point. Like people will come up to me and be like, I followed you since your son was obsessed with Elsa. And I'm like, got it. Like we've got all these touchstones and it's such a funny thing, but it really does mark the passage of time. Yeah, it does because I'm like, it was before I got married and it was before I had my baby. So yeah, it is a marker. (laughs) You've been through it with me. I have. I have for sure. So first of all, Kylie, when I interview my guests, my first question is always, what are you grateful for today? Just quickly, a word from today's sponsors. Unless, of course, you're one of our Venti members. In that case, there are no ads and your episode is about to keep playing. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Oh, so many things just automatically went through my mind. I am really grateful right now that just before you and I recorded, we were having the gas bottles replaced only to find out we have a major gas leak. So I am really grateful that we found that out before it turned into something disastrous. So that will be fixed hopefully by you sort of within the next hour. But I'm really, really grateful that we found that information out. Yeah. Wow. Wow. Me too. (laughs) Wow. Okay. So my next question is, if you had 24 hours to yourself, no commitments, um, didn't have the kids, didn't have work, you know, um, no partner or housework to be worrying about, how would you spend that time? To be completely honest with you, thinking about that, like not having any housework to do, not having any work to do, not having anyone to care for or to worry about, I do feel a bit like, 
like I don't even know what that looks like because from the moment my feet hit the floor of a morning, like pretty much everyone listening, I'm sure I am continually living in the future of what does future Kylie need? What does future partner need? Kids need? What does the house need? Like I just fill my day with so much stuff that really is like relational, you know, like it depends on being a mum or being a partner or keeping the house organized. And if it's not that, definitely work. Like my most favorite thing to talk about is podcast episode ideas and books and generating content here. So to think, okay, Courtney's rubbed that out. She's like taken that away from me. And she's like, you've got a blank 24 hours. There may be a reason for this question. There may be. Yeah. (laughs) For me, like uh, the first thing I'm like, I would exercise. I would definitely get some, get a workout in because I genuinely love a good solid sweat. I would definitely get a book and lie somewhere that is open and airy and there's natural light. That would bring me so much pleasure. I would probably go and get a really delicious lunch. Like to me, there's nothing better than a really like wholesome sandwich, which sounds so basic. No, it doesn't. Yeah, that just brings me so much joy, like a coffee and a sandwich and a good book. And I'm like, this is living. Yeah, yeah. The reason I ask is because I've recently had that, I had 24 hours to myself and yet some of the things that you've just mentioned of what I did, but yeah, I guess I asked because, you know, I'm watching you on stories and I'm seeing how in the thick of it you are and how, yeah, just there's a lot for you at the moment. And, yeah, you know, you talk about finding things that you find fun and self-care and the mental load and all of those things. And I just think Kylie deserves 24 hours to herself. So you should try and organize that if you can. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, that it does sound really good. And it's funny that you say that because sometimes Brendan will say to me, why don't you go away for a night? Because for like, I don't even know how many months now, but one of the boys has pretty much stopped going to his dad's and that's a whole other conversation and a whole other topic. And it's hard for everyone involved, but that has meant that Brendan and I, and we are still a relatively new couple, really. Like we've been together close to two years now, but we don't really get as much couple time as other couples might get who are in a new relationship. Um, And, you know, I've said to him, oh, it would be so nice to go away. And he'll say to me, why don't you go away? Like, you know, take yourself off, have a really relaxing night, have a, you know, bath, watch a movie, do all of that stuff. And I just will never do it because one, I'm like, I couldn't justify the funds Two, I don't even know what I would do on my own, you know, like, so it Mm. is a really interesting thing to think about. It is. Yeah. And when I was talking about this with some friends, they said the same thing. They're like, I don't think I could like that. It scared them almost to do that. And, um, yeah, I guess myself, like having kids that are one and four, um, yeah, that time has just, like, it's been so precious and, yeah, so anyway, if you can, I recommend. <laughs> um, what is, what do you think is one of the most vulnerable things that you've shared with your audience over the years? Ooh, I've probably shared far too many things, truly. The first thing that came to mind then was 
when I went through a breakup after my divorce. So I had a boyfriend there for like 14 months or so. And when we broke up, I was, I think, really feeling the actual breakup from my long-term relationship. I think that I had kind of not used it as a distraction, but I had allowed myself to dive into something where I could really be a girlfriend and just a girlfriend because there was no crossover there with the kids. So it was during the time when, you know, the boys would go to their dads for the three days at a time and I could be a girlfriend. And I think that I had a lot of pain and healing and stuff to process and work out. And that didn't come to the surface until that relationship ended. And during that time was really, really, like I was so sad and I was so lost. And I remember recording podcast episodes crying, you know, and talking about my breakup. And upon reflection, a few years down the track, I don't think that I would do that again. Yeah. Um, because, you know, and I'm sure that Brene Brown always talks about how you should share from a scar, not a wound, or something along those lines where it's like share once you've healed. But I was really raw in those moments and talking about how much that breakup hurt my heart and how, you know, I felt like I would never find an emotionally available person. And I was just so open and I didn't need to be. Yeah. And I think it would be so hard when you've got a following to, to show up and not share some of that though. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. That'd be really hard. Yes. And I think what's interesting is, you know, I did start to develop a following and I'm the first person to be like, I don't have the biggest following, but I have a following that, you know, a lot of people have followed for years Mm -hmm. and there is that strong connection. People really feel like they have gone through things with me, particularly if they've got children around the same age as mine. Um, And I think during that time, now, when I look back and I go, I wish I hadn't shared that, I was still very much not not as aware of, I guess, trying to think of a way to, to describe it delicately. There were a few years there, Courtney, where I felt like I was sharing for the wrong reasons. And I felt like I had allowed myself to create this space where I could go and get validation and get approval and be liked and feel loved because I was missing some of that from my own life. And it allowed me to kind of be like, oh, this is how I want to be. And I don't know. I think that there's a lot to be thought about in the influencer landscape in terms of what does it actually do to a person to start self-objectifying and treat their life as a commodity? Yeah, And so I think that that's part of like, you know, then when I was going through really hard things, feeling this sense of, oh, people deserve to know this part about me because they care about me and not really understanding what I needed to keep for myself. Yeah. And it's all, it's all a big kind of soup and mishmash of emotions, Mm -hmm. but I think it's worth people pausing to reflect 
about what they feel entitled to know about people that they follow. Yeah, and, like, as someone who has, as, as I've said, followed you for a long time, like, it's so hard not to be curious. and like, Of course. Like, and I get it. I'm the same yeah. as people I follow. Yeah. I remember the weirdest shit about people that I follow. I'll be like, I, I remember when she went on that trip or, you know, I remember when she soft launched that hand. Like, you know, you remember these things. So I get it. You do. You hold on. And I know you've spoken before about, like someone saying you said you didn't want to travel overseas and blah and do you know what's like I remembered that too but like I wasn't going to be about to be like oh but you said blah 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 but isn't it yeah people really hold on to things and yeah I think it's like now I think you've got the self-awareness to go why am I sharing that like is it is it for me or is it for them is it is it for what reasons is it for? And I know I've heard you reflect on that in, I think, stories and in other places, podcasts. But. Yeah, it's a really interesting thing because I completely understand that curiosity and that way of thinking of like, well, this person is, you know, treating their life like a commodity. So I have every right as a consumer to be curious about this. But I think the difference is, Courtney, like, you and I might have that curiosity about someone or feel like, oh, I want to understand that. Oh, I want to know that or remember things or feel really close to that person. But I think there's people that are like that, you know, and I would say I'm that person that I might, I might be curious. And I certainly have opinions. Who doesn't have opinions? You know, yeah. you'll see something on social media and I'll have an opinion pop up. But the difference is I understand my opinion is an entitlement. You know, I don't then go to that person and say, well, just so you know, I'm going to psychoanalyze you or I'm going to tell you what, you know, project more of my stuff onto you. But not everyone has that level of awareness. Like some people really think that they're entitled to give their opinion or their feedback on your life. And that can be really tricky. Yeah, I think it, it would be very tricky to navigate. But I think, you know, we, we're all learning. And I think, you've now found that really nice balance with that. You, yeah, I think you share now in a way that it, it appears like you feel much more comfortable with and happy with and, yeah, like around the boys, all of that stuff. Like I think you're holding stuff just for you and your family, which yeah, I think it's, is important. And it is something that I interrogate often and I reevaluate and, I think it's something that anyone who shares anything online does have to pause and go, hang on, what am I doing that for? Why am I doing that? Why should I potentially not do that and give a little bit of thought to it? Like we've got to, you know, not everyone might be able to relate to that in terms of oversharing online, but yeah, it's something to pause and reflect on, I think. For sure. It would be easy to get caught up in, I think. Especially yeah. when, like, there was a lot of momentum for you with people, like, jumping in and, yeah, it's a tricky one. It is. Now, I think I might know the answer to this, but um, are you making time for friendships right now? And I'm asking this because I know, like, yeah, I've been following and, like, I've just seen what you're sharing and I've just wondered, like, how is Kylie going? Is she having time to catch up with her girlfriends? I'm so glad that you asked this question because I think it's probably something people make assumptions about and maybe even presumptions, not just assumptions. You know, maybe they take bits of information and can connect the dots. 
for a couple of years there, I would always share things with friends. And then I had two really tricky things happen. One was a friend sent me a text message that I felt was completely out of the blue that said, our friendship is now completed. And it made me feel like a subscription service. And I felt terrible. And it was really hard. It was, I think, as hard as a breakup for me to process why, what, to not have any answers or to be able to go to that person or have any understanding of what I had done wrong. And then to have people every day and people still message me and say, oh, are you still friends with so-and-so? So again, again, back, I'm, yeah, I'm, yeah, again that, I'm like, I think I know who you're talking about and I probably thought the same thing, but like. But again, to go back to what I was saying earlier, I am very much the sort of person that tries, like I fuck up all the time, who doesn't, but I do try and learn from things. So for me to go, you know what, it still stings a little bit when someone asks why that person isn't in my life, a way to safeguard against that is to not share as much. Yeah. And, and I this think, is why I ask because I know yeah. you want to see part of your life and I guess, and, yeah, I guess I'd kind of like for your well-being and for your, like I just kind of wondered like how's that going? Yeah. And even that question like for your well-being, there's such a, and I say this with love, but to mm. me that's like such a, like a concern trolling statement in a way, even though I know it's not from you, but if someone's yeah. saying to me like, I worry about your well-being because I'm not seeing you with girlfriends. And I understand that for years there, if I went for a walk, you would know who I went for a walk Mm -hmm. with. You would know that I went out for drinks. And there was a period there where I was going out often when I was single and didn't have the kids and I would like take videos in the bathrooms and outfits and be a bit silly and drinking. And that was a moment in time. Yes. But, you know, like, today's we're recording this on Monday like on Thursday last week I went for a walk with a girlfriend but you don't know that no because and I, I don't need to but, I, yeah. but this, this is what I mean and like yeah. you know the, this weekend we've just been camping but the weekend before that one of my best friends who's been one of my dearest friends for 20 plus years and her husband and her two kids were here all day Sunday and like mm-hmm. but I didn't put that up because I guess it is, it's about keeping things for me. And also I don't want to have to explain to you then, I mean, not that I'm expecting anything to happen with anyone else. Cause I think that when I think about that situation, I can see other patterns and I'm like, I don't think that's as much about me as I thought perhaps it was in the time. Mm. But, you know, it's the same as like one of my friends who's been one of my dearest friends since I was a flight attendant we speak a couple of times a week and I've known her since I was 22 and I'm now what 36 but she doesn't even have any social media accounts yeah so I'm not gonna put up a thing like a screenshot of our FaceTime and be like oh I've just spoken with her you know like yeah what what would that I, I don't understand what that would give to people I don't you know what I mean like yeah, so I, no, I'm and glad you know what, that you asked no and, yeah and do you know what I'm glad I asked because like I, your response is like, yeah, of course. Yeah. And I know I wouldn't be the only one that would like maybe wonder that. So- and, and I will also say I've never been someone that's like I've got my 10 girlfriends and we go out partying and I've never had that. Like I look at people online that have their girl gang and I'm like that looks incredible. 
but that's never been my truth. Yeah. I've always been more of the sort of person that's much more comfortable one-on-one or yeah. like a small group. Yeah. And I spoke about this in an episode with Lane Moore when we spoke about friendships and I said to her, you know, I've often felt like a real fucking loser over the years because, you know, it gets to your birthday and you get a group of people together and it's like my friends are from different zones. Mm. You know, like I've got one of my dearest friends lives in Sydney, another one of my friend who lives an hour and a half away in Brisbane and I've got, you know, like these little these people that are so important to me but there's not that connective tissue of, oh, we all went to school together. And so I understand why people might say that. And I guess it hits a nerve even like when you say like, I wonder about your well-being. It's like (sighs) there's more than – there's more than one way to exist and to have friends and it doesn't have to be that – classical portrayal of like the group of friends from the show friends yeah. as much as I wish that I had that that's not how my social setting is yeah and I am a total introvert I love to go for a walk and a coffee with a girlfriend and have a really deep soul chat but the thought of small talk with a group of people no thanks that's not for me yeah yeah and I think that's great that you know that and yeah awesome we'll move on um, Courtney's like, fuck, I should have asked yeah, her. <laughs> no, but do you know what? I don't. Sweating I, bullets. Yeah. <laughs> no, but I don't. I like, I'm like, I kind of am glad I asked, even though I know I've like hit a nerve. Yeah, but it's not as in like, oh, I'm offended that you asked. Like yeah. I said to you, I'm glad that you asked. And of course, like, I genuinely am glad that you've asked. I was about to say, of course, I'll leave this in. But yeah, it's just that I understand why people are curious. But in a way, even answering it makes me feel like I'm like I'm not answering this question for me because I'm good. Yeah. So it's like I'm satisfying someone else's curiosity about me who doesn't actually know me. And it's, mm. that's where it's like, ooh, it feels a bit icky. It is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah for sure. Um, what would you tell someone who has binge eating disorder? Someone who is in the throes of binge eating disorder at the moment, Mm. I'd give them a huge hug. Yeah. I'd tell them about my experience in it, um, not to minimize theirs, but just so they know that I understand because I think sometimes people who haven't lived binge eating disorder don't understand how dark and how low it can make someone and also what it's really like for people that haven't experienced binge eating disorder they don't have context about the way that you just go on autopilot and you physically can't stop yourself in that moment and that it's not just about overeating or indulging binge eating disorder is a mental health condition and it is so challenging Mm. it's really really hard and so I think that if someone was to share with me that they had binge eating disorder I'd probably open up to them about the time in my life that I had binge eating disorder just so that they knew that they weren't some freak that was going through something really unique and that you know that they would never be able to overcome it I think that that would be important yeah because you don't it's 
an eating disorder that you don't hear talked about as much. But it's the most common. Yeah. Is it and really? It's, it's Yeah, it is. And it's well, also, it goes undiagnosed because most of the time people that have binge eating disorder fall in what we call, and I'm doing little, you know, air quotes here, the normal weight range because often an eating disorder, I guess, gets picked up because the person looks very unwell. Mm. People that have binge eating disorder often don't look any different to the average person. And so therefore I think it's a really insidious one because it can fly under the radar a lot. Yeah, and I think that's why you don't hear it spoken about as much. Yeah. sure. Yeah. I also think that I would encourage anyone that has binge eating disorder to know that you can get help and that you don't have to look a certain way to have an eating disorder. You know, I think that sometimes people go, oh, I don't want to try and get help. They won't take me seriously. But if you're spending a lot of money on food that you're binging on, if you are in that restrict binge cycle, regardless of whether or not there's a purge component, it's still essential that you get some help. I would also encourage anyone with binge eating disorder to be curious about what it gives you. Yeah. And that's not in the way of like, well, what is it doing for you? It's in the way of saying, is this providing you with a release? Is it providing you with a sense of control? Is it providing you with a sense of self-sabotage or confirming a deep belief that you are not worthy? What is it actually giving you? Because if you have a little bit of insight into that, that's a great stepping stone to begin your therapy journey and get some actual help. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that looking into that stuff with a a psychologist would definitely be very helpful. Yeah. Um, Now this one's a little bit heavy, so if you don't want to answer it, you don't have to. Courtney's like, I'm going to tread very light. Yeah, no, no, but no, even when I was writing this though. Um, so for me, when I think of the hardest and darkest times in my life, um, I have one particular image of myself that I just can't forget. And so if you feel okay to share, can you paint a picture of what comes to your mind of what one of those hardest moments was and maybe even like what the thoughts were in your head at the time? That is heavy. Um, I'm sorry that that's something that you can also relate to and, you know, like it sounds like you've been to some really dark places. Yeah. 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 I have a few times in my life that kind of automatically popped into my mind then when you asked the question, definitely when I had my eating disorder and I was going through recovery, like recovery was actually the hardest time, not the eating disorder itself because the mental game of, you know, and again I say in quotes getting better, but the mental game of fighting off an eating disorder is so fucked. Like, you know, that's not a very eloquent way of saying it, but but I've often thought, you know, if someone, and no addiction is good, right? But if someone has a gambling problem or an alcohol addiction, they can, when they get to a place of being able to, they can abstain from those things. Whereas people who struggle with eating, 
you have to do it every day. You know, you don't get to abstain from it. You can't just go, well, I'll never go to a casino again because you have a kitchen in your house and that kitchen is the thing that tortures you. So, you know, definitely during my recovery and then the other time that came up for me was not long after um, going through a separation after a long-term relationship and just questioning who I was how did I get to this position? What's it going to do to my kids? And just feeling so low that the thought of having those feelings for any period of time definitely made me not want to exist. And at the same time, when it comes to that second one with my boys, knowing, well, I have to exist because I have to be there for them. But just thinking like, how am I ever going to make space, you know, to, to get a deep breath again? Yeah. And there were times when I would call one of my girlfriends and I'd be in such a state of panic. And it's like that real panic where it's like there's a logical part of me that knows it's irrational that I'm panicking like this, but I also can't get myself out of it. Yeah, and that's scary. When you yeah. Feel, yeah, and like and if, when you're the sole carer, well, I guess in the context of your home in that time, the sole carer for two little children, like that's scary. Yeah. To be having those thoughts and feelings and know that you've got to try and look after these two kids. Yeah. Definitely. Like I can remember particularly, you know, saying that panic attack where I was on the phone to one of my girlfriends eventually. It was during that time like I would get the kids to bed and then I would go downstairs and I would go out onto the deck area and i just put my head on the deck, like my forehead on the deck almost in child's pose and just be like, I can't fucking do this. Like I cannot wake up tomorrow and handle all of this stuff that's in me. And I think those would probably be the times that stick out for me the most in terms of truly not wanting to exist and having that sensation of it's almost like you just want to peel your own skin off. Yeah. It's like I just have to get away from myself. Yes. Like I can't, I can't deal with this you're stuck anymore. Stuck in your own, yeah. yeah. You're stuck in your own head. You're stuck in your own body. You feel trapped. Like that's yeah. the feelings that I've had. And when I think of that moment for me, it was that real feeling of being trapped mm. in my own life, which I know sounds just horrible, but it was. Yeah. And yeah, and I'm so sorry. Yeah, thank you for sharing that because, um, yeah, it's not easy. It's not. And one of the things that I think is worth touching on is like you mentioned there, you know, it is horrible. And I think you also, I'll speak for myself, I know during those times I had the level of awareness that I was lucky and I had so many things to be grateful for, but that couldn't pull me out of it. All that did was make me feel like even more of a piece of shit. Yes, because it's yeah. like, yeah, I completely. What's wrong with you? Yeah. yeah. Why? Yeah. Yeah. I was the same. I've got beautiful kids, beautiful house, husband that's mate. Like why? Yeah. I could not agree more. It does make you feel worse because it's like, why the fuck am I feeling this way when everything is so seemingly perfect? Yeah. But yeah. It's not, yeah, not a nice place to be. But thank you for sharing that. So I've been along for the ride since, like I've said, since the boys were young and you've evolved and you've pivoted from the sleep mama to the kind parenting company. 
you've worked for brands, you've hosted events, um, you've started the podcast, you've created online resources. I'd love to know what are your career highlights and like what are you most proud of? Oh, I literally never think, like, ne- like genuinely handle my heart, never think about any of that. Um, the other day I had a moment of realising only because the boy's turning 10 that it's been 10 years that I've worked for myself and that's something I'm really proud of. Yeah. Like going, oh, you know what, I've been able to craft a life that allows me to be very available for the kids, sometimes I think far too available if I'm honest. <laughs> um, but I'm proud of the fact that I've been able to do it for a decade, work for myself and pivot, as you said. I am definitely not a, you know, someone, like I would never go, oh, I'm a savvy businesswoman because I'm just not. Like I love what I do. There have definitely been things I've enjoyed. But I would say, you know, like on paper it might be like, oh, I got to speak you know, in different places around Australia for cotton on, or I got to do a pajama line or I don't know, whatever else, whatever else. But that doesn't, I don't know, that stuff is nice, but I almost feel like that's happened to someone else. And I feel like the stuff I'm most proud of are the conversations I get to have for the podcast. Like I recently got to chat with um, Sally Layden, whose mum, Marion Barter, has been missing for 26 years. Wow. And she's part of the Lady Vanishes podcast, which is huge. I've been able to talk to Jess Hill. I have had conversations that I think are truly important. And even if it impacts just one person listening, that's the stuff that gets me excited. Like when I wrap a conversation where I'm like, oh my gosh, I learned something, you know, like when I spoke to Laura Richards, the crime analyst, I was like that that's powerful to me. Like if someone can listen to that episode and understand coercive control and it just plants a seed, that makes me feel great. Absolutely. And can I just say, like as someone who does listen to every episode of your podcast. You poor thing. (laughs) You you absolutely have done. I have learnt so, so much listening to your podcast and like realised stuff about my own health or Um, yeah like my mental health and about journaling and like self-growth you should be so proud of that because you are absolutely making an amazing difference in this world thank you um last two very quick one well last two and then we're going to do this or that yes or no would you ever publish a book uh maybe I don't know I used to think a lot about writing a book but then I will sometimes read old Instagram captions and think, who's she? So <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, you know? it probably and, feels very permanent. Yes, and it also just, you know, and whether this is a positive or a negative, I don't know. But I feel very aware that my opinion of things is always changing and it's also not objective it's subjective right like Mm. when we're in a situation we might craft a story because that's what we need to do to be able to get through a situation and then someone reads it and they take it as gospel not understanding that you're a person who's going through something I don't know if that's too abstract but no I think it's a very good point and it's very self-aware like well like how many times do you read a book from someone and 
you know, like I'll give you the example of Glennon Doyle. She's spoken about this. She wrote a book about um, staying in her marriage called Love Warrior. And by the time Love Warrior or Love Warrior, however you want to say it, was released, she was already out of her marriage, but she'd written this whole book about staying in her marriage. Meanwhile, she's fallen in love with the soccer player, Abby Wombach. And it's like, we can do good work, but people then hold you to this like standard that's almost not human. And so when I think about writing a book, I think, like at what point would I feel comfortable that my view isn't going to change on something? You know, like a year and a half ago, I got engaged and I sit before you today telling you that I don't think I believe in marriage for me. So it's like, how would I then put pen to paper, finger, fingers to keypad and have like such strong conviction in what I'm writing? Yeah. Yeah. No, that's a very self-aware answer, I think. (laughs) Um, will you host any more events? Like a, a long time ago, you used to, um, yeah, run your own events and do all your goodie bags and all that stuff. Would you ever want to do that in the future again? Yeah, I'd love to do events. I spoke at an event recently and sorry, I was actually the MC of the event and in between the little bits and bobs of bump, you know, jumping up and introducing people and stuff, I like looked at Brendan and I was like, I want to be talking. Yeah. Like I, I, enjoyed that because it was a cause that I really care about but I'm like no like I want to be up there and not in the way of like oh look at me but in the way of like what question do you have and who can we get to answer that and can we all have a conversation about it when I think about events that I've held in the past it blows my mind to think oh there were like three or four events where there were hundreds of women that came and it was so fun yeah like it was such a nice way to connect and having people sit up there on a panel and like, yeah, have someone ask a question. And there were lots of vulnerable questions that were asked and to allow everyone in the room to feel like to feel that and to feel connected is really special. So I would love to, I'd love to do retreats, all of these things, Yeah. but unfortunately I'm very bad at admin. So I don't know where we'll go from here. It takes a lot of organizing. <laughs> I'm choosing my battles at the moment I would love I would love to and at the same time I'm like I don't know where I would fit that planning in yeah one day yeah Yeah. we'll see what happens yeah all right I've just got a few this or that's just to finish us off with something fun um would you rather owe money or owe a favor oh I'd much rather owe a favor I hate the thought of owing someone (laughs) money (laughs) patent or plain Patterned or plain? I guess like just clothing in general. Or oh, like plain all the way. Yeah. Basic bitch. <laughs> camping or glamping? Ooh, we just went camping on the weekend in swags, and I really like that. So awesome. I'll say I'll say camping as long as there's an amenities block. Yeah, sure. <laughs> dishes or laundry? Oh, laundry! I hate dishes. Yeah. <laughs> I also refuse. I shouldn't say I refuse to, but when I do the dishes, I won't wash cutlery. So there's always cutlery left over because in our house, Brendan is like, he's all about hand washing. He loves hand washing things. So I'll hand wash. Like we've never even run the dishwasher here, but I will not wash cutlery. Fair enough. (laughs) And last one, pottery class or sewing class? Oh, I would have to choose pottery, but I don't really have an interest in either. (laughs) 
Well, thank you so much, Kylie. That was such a good conversation and I really, really enjoyed that. And, um, yeah, I think just I don't think you realise how much of an impact you have on people and how just what you share and what you do is is important and it is making a really positive impact in the world and I just yeah I want to say thank you on behalf of me and all the listeners and everyone that's stuck around or new or whatever you I know I know you don't want to hear this no you're not <laughs> no you uh, do not edit this out you yeah thank you so much and I really enjoyed our conversation today and thanks for having me on it's so kind of you to say those things and I I do really appreciate it as much as it makes me squirm and I'm like squeezing my stress ball so hard. I'm like, yeah. oh. um, I do appreciate it a lot because as you know, when you're podcasting, you're talking into a space and you don't always get the feedback and it's something I've tried to be better at with the podcasts I love. Like there's a few podcasts I listen to and I'm like, I have to make sure I leave a review. I have to make sure I send this person a message. I have to make sure I'm sharing this because I'm guilty of it as well. Like there are podcasts I love and I just take it for like, oh yeah, that's part of my day. So for anyone who is recording a podcast, it can feel incredibly like lonely sometimes. So to see your face today and hear that feedback does really mean a lot to me. And thank you for just jumping on in and asking the hard questions uh interrogating me but I really enjoyed it and just remind our listeners as well where they can hear more from you Courtney yeah so um yeah I'm Courtney Elliott and you can find me at hey there sunshine pod and you can find the podcast hey there sunshine on apple or spotify Perfect. I'll make sure we have all of those links in the show notes as well. And thank you again to everyone for tuning in. If you enjoyed this episode, make sure you slide into my DMs or you can slide on into Courtney's as well. A lot can happen in three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Thank you so much for listening to today's podcast episode. If you want more of the I Am podcast in your ears, make sure you become a podcast subscriber. It is really, really simple to do. All of the details are in the show notes. For the cost, actually less than the cost of a cup of coffee per month, you will receive access to exclusive podcast episodes. That's right. You'll get a bonus episode every single week that you will not hear anywhere else. And to be honest with you, I really am sharing a lot more over in those exclusive episodes. It feels like a really safe zone for me. So make sure you check out the subscription offers that we do have available for that exclusive content. And perhaps best of all, all of the episodes will be ad free. So if you feel good about supporting a female-founded, female-led business, check out the subscription offerings available and become a podcast supporter today. Today's podcast episode was recorded on the land of the Bunjalung Nation. 
In the spirit of reconciliation, we acknowledge the traditional custodians of country throughout Australia and their connections to land, sea and community. We pay our respect to their elders past and present and extend that respect to all Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander peoples today. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.